Hi, and welcome to the Caribou Projects podcast. Caribou Projects is a contemporary art organisation situated in the heart of Bedminster in Bristol. In this podcast, we aim to explore the area around us and bring to light stories that are surprising, interesting, moving and uniquely rooted in Bristol. In this episode, we pulled together stories that we collected through interviews, through people we met working in local businesses and through the retro tape recorder that we put in the hidden histories room of our latest exhibition, which allowed visitors to record their own tales from Bristol. The tape gave us some weird and wonderful local nuggets. Maybe with the focus more on the weird. I went, uh, went to a yoga session in Bedminster and was really sweaty afterwards and I was like, oh, I'm not, not going to do that again. Hi, my name is Esmeralda. I met my boyfriend in Bedminster and he's a weirdo. When I was 14, uh, I got a job at the local news agents. No, sorry, when I was about 16, I would say, I got a job at the local news agents. I knew it was 16 because I, at that time, you had to be 16 to sell bags, resold bags. Therefore, I had to be 16. I worked there for probably around a year and a half. I found it interesting that if we, when we open up about six, seven o'clock in the morning, the streets were sort of uh, run by like, old men and walking sticks, but then by the time 10, 11 o'clock midday came along, it was sort of run by little 13 and 14 year old kids on mopeds that scared all the old men and walking sticks away. It was an interesting time, an interesting experience. The manager of the shop had a difficult time as he was a gay man and I think wasn't really accepted into the community and ended up leaving after having a nervous breakdown. This guy was then replaced by a very charismatic, unusual fella, let's call him Gary. And Gary, uh, well I got to know Gary quite well for reasons I will explain in a moment. Got to know Gary quite well. He was a former adult film. I wouldn't call him a star because I was doubt he was, doubt he was very good at it. An adult film performer, and I uh, got to know him quite well because at the time we had um, we had a few paper boys in the in the shop who were very very keen on working behind the till, and Gary would get them to work behind the till for free so that I could just hang out with him in the back room and, uh, and just he'd tell me mad stories about his adult film past, which also involved his adult film performer son, bizarrely. <laughs> and obviously, being a news agent, there were adults, magazine materials around that he would just flick through and borrow and put back on the shelves. He would also uh, pre-roll a legal
local spicy cigarettes over breakfast in the morning and, and bring those in and just have those in the back. And so for a number of weeks I was paid to partake in, in that and just hear these mad stories from Gary, the former adult film performer, until one day Gary never turned up to work. This was probably about six weeks after he started. And yeah, Gary didn't turn up to work. And uh, and then we realised all the scratch cards, all the adult material, magazine materials, and all the cigarettes had gone. And as far as I know, that was the last, last anyone heard of Gary. When we visited the people who own and work in local businesses around East Street and North Street, we weren't sure whether they'd be interested in talking to us. But what we found were people who were keen to share their experiences, to find out more about what we were up to, and to express their pride in where they live and work. for four years of it. I lived in Spain and I franchised out the shop to somebody and he lasted about 14 months. So the shop back. ended up being empty for about 20 months right, altogether okay. so we had to come back from Spain and restart a business in 2010. I've been here since. Trying to build the trade back up. It's going okay, you know. Got to keep the prices down. Yeah. East Street's not like North Street. North Street, they charge a bit more for their meat out there and they can get it but yeah. East Street we try and buy the best quality but keep the prices right down you know so we want people to come back again and again you know we make our own faggots yeah. sausages burgers so you know we're a really old fashioned butcher we sell pig's feet we sell pig's tails a lot of butchers don't but we seem to cater for people that are looking for that sort of thing you know? well it's being a butcher's we had a customer bring a photo in um of the shop in 1897 so um, it's always been a butcher's hasn't, hasn't been anything else so um, we're proud of the fact that we're keeping it going so because uh, there's not many of us left now you know we're gradually dwindling the private butchers but um, you know we're doing okay you know obviously I know there's vegetarian about you know yeah. which is that's entirely up to them you know if they choose not to eat meat you know that's their choice you know, but um, I enjoy meat, I enjoy fish, Yeah. I enjoy vegetarian food as well. I love food. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, goes with the job, I suppose, you know, we're, we're going to be meat eaters, aren't we, mm-hmm. as butchers? Did you, uh, Nothing against vegetarian. Did, are you from around this area as well? Like, well, I, I was brought up uh, in Ashton Road, Ashton Gate for the first couple of years of my life, then we moved right. out to Canesham. Okay. So, uh, I started my butchery life in Canesham. Yeah. Then um, bought my first butchers up um, Gloucester Road, Hawfield, when I was 27. Right, okay. So I'm now 63, so I'm knocking on. <laughs> so it's a long time in the meat yeah. trade. So you either like it or you don't, because you don't stay in it that long if you don't sure, yeah. enjoy it. You know. 
There's a guy who comes in who, like, he does it periodically, he just seems to do it maybe, like, every couple of weeks. He comes in and he sort of... He goes to the clothes and he starts organising them and putting them into, like... It's like his thing. That's what that's what Joe said to me, um, my manager, and I just don't... I don't really know why, but he, he just he just likes to do it and he, we just kind of accepted it. He just comes in and starts organising all the clothes and it's usually, like, he takes about 20, 30 minutes just doing that. That's nice. So it's sort Saves of like... Work. No, no, because yeah. he turns all the hangers <laughs> yeah, the wrong yeah. way. Yeah. Because we hold them... We hang them a certain way to stop shoplifting. And, um, sure. But he does it all back to front, so after you've got to go round and do it all again. I remember going into um, some of the charity shops and my favourite was Age Concern and it's in the um, the arcade just up on East Street going up to Bedminster Parade. Um, yeah. My favourite one when I was little, I used to <laughs> I used to run away from my parents and I'd end up in, I'd be in Age Concern and I'd be like, I'd be really like scared. I'd be like, oh my God, I don't know where my parents are. And I, <laughs> she used to, the lady there, um, really lovely, Irish lady um, who used to work there and I, I've seen her recent, more recently actually um, and she used to call me the little girl that was lost <laughs> so I used to get lost in there. Like a lot of things have changed but also a lot of things haven't changed here. I think that they're, they're doing like, um, they're trying to like redevelop, um, it's going to be called Green Bristol, Bedminster Green I think it's called um, but I think it still retains a lot of like um, there's lots of good businesses and things going on even though it seems really run down and it is like there's a lot of shops that are closing and stuff but still kind of good sense of community and, yeah. so um, originally from Manchester and I moved down to Bristol maybe like four or five years ago um, and now I've got a shop here um, and a lot of the stuff that I have in the shop is handmade by like by me and my mum. My mum's been sewing since she was really young, made her own wedding dress and used to make clothes for herself because she couldn't find clothes to fit her. And then she taught me to sew when I was younger and now that's what we do, make clothes for people to fit them in the shop. Yeah, it's lovely. Everyone on the road's really, really friendly um, and has been really, really welcoming, which is good. I feel like I've kind of slotted into a really nice community. And there's also lots of other people who are kind of selling handmade stuff on the street. Um, which, yeah, means it's kind of a hub for that kind of stuff, which is cool. The name of the shop is um, Trulla, and it comes from an old Nordic uh, word um, that basically means to enchant someone and turn them into a troll. Um, I basically, when I was trying to come up for names uh, for the shop, I uh, have been collecting trolls for like six or seven years and I thought, oh, I'm never not going to like trolls. So I read a book about the mythology of trolls and it was just one of the words that stood out to me as something that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I just, I think for me, like, it's just, <coughs> toys just make me smile. I wasn't that much into toys when I was younger. It's more as an adult, like... Now I'm fascinated by them. Yeah. And yeah, like with trolls, people just pick them up and stroke their hair. That's what everyone does. And it's like, why is there that's this weird want to do that? Yeah, and they're just little and they're just silly. <laughs> <laughs> the idea behind the shop is to be playful and like just have fun stuff, basically. 
and handmade stuff. And then have the facilities for other people to make stuff too. That's the long term plan. Yeah, so next door, the steam crane used to be the old magistrate's court. Um, and I went on like a murder mystery kind of tour where they told you about stuff about the area. And apparently, I can't remember whether it was when it was the magistrate's court or before then, they had, for some reason, they had like a travelling circus that was in the like back courtyard. And what happened was there was a guy who was looking after the lion who wasn't, let's say, qualified, maybe. And so he... Everyone who was watching the line was asleep and everyone started, sort of started to be like, oh, okay, go on, wait the line up, wait the line up. Because he didn't know what he was doing. He just got into the cage and basically the lion attacked him and killed him and then was like released into Bedminster. Um, yeah, so there was a live lion that killed someone back there. And the courtyard's still there, but it, now it's a big garden. <laughs> A lot of the older people are talk about the public baths that were here, and somebody brought me one of the towels, the red and white striped ones. They didn't have their own baths, so you go and have a bath. And they brought me one of the original towels in, and somebody nicked it like they nick everything in either skateboard or pictures. They do, they just pinch anything. And it all means something to me, this, because I've collected stuff over years, because I was an antiques dealer for like 20 odd years. And, but I used to collect prints and I've collected skateboards since the 70s but yeah, yeah. people nick anything they do but I had this towel and I wanted to put it in the frame just to see it the baths have gone yeah. I mean there's still some in there they renovated them about five years ago I think in the swimming pool beautiful big baths where you can go and have a bath and I was going to put the towel in the frame that's cool Tom, who's got friendly records, he's yeah. like the best guy I know, he's so nice, yeah. family-wise, everything, and he's got the record shop, and he's just taken over the old butchers. He came in the other day and he said he's actually working, and what, what you've got in Bristol now, see, is I'm a coffee fiend, and I'll go to all the coffee shops, Little Vic, Small Street, everything, I try and find out the good stuff, and I look around, I think, everybody's like 30 years younger than me, they're all dressed the same, they've got estuary English, there's no accent there, yeah. they're certainly not from Bristol, and... Um, it's like, I just don't fit in here. But in here, I get everybody in. And yeah. I love that. Yeah. Like I say, from the bottom to the top, I get all the solicitors in from over the road. Not that that's the top, but, yeah. you know, I get, like, the property owners in and yeah, having yeah. that with them, then tell me their side. And then I get <coughs> people who get a free coffee because they've got nothing. Yeah. You know, the food bankers, and I get quite a few of them in. Yeah. Which I think the rest yeah. of South will think that doesn't actually yeah. exist. But, yeah, it's just great, a real mix. And that's what Tom said. He said, he gets everyone in. Yeah. It's not all the turn the trousers up and show the sock brigade, as he calls them. It's, it gets from the bottom to the top. So I like that. Did you know about the photographs that Photographique now have? Um, about seven years ago, the cinema, it was all boarded up. And then, it, well, it, it was a cinema and then it became the um, Gala Bingo. And then they closed it down, went out of business. And it was like that for years, and then the squatters went in there. But they put all flies in the shop saying, we're friendly artists, come and see. Nice. So they opened it up and let people go in. One of the guys went in there, who now works for Photographic, went into the basement and there was a safe. And it was two huge photograph albums full of all the people who used to go there forever ago. And he's got all the photographs, and it's like Little and Marge on stage and loads of other things, and photographs of the crowd. None of them people are left anymore. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Jarrah has lived in Bedminster her whole life. She lives on the street she was born on and is fiercely proud of her roots. She had some great insights into how the area has changed and told us about her childhood growing up around North Street in the post-war years. And she has an amazing memory for the old shops on North Street. Do you notice the difference in the, like, the kind of people that live around here that used to? Like, have you seen like, a big change in the people? Yes, they're not as friendly as they used to be. See, when I was growing up, every, we all had nothing. The front doors up here were always open. Nobody closed their door, whether it was snowing, raining, whatever. And if you needed any help for whatever reason, you knew you could call somebody and somebody would come. No, I'm not sure you could call anyone. It's very much of... I'm going in and closing my front door. Some will speak, some sort of give you a nod, but not like it used to be, my love. It's only when they did the voting wards and they changed it all around. Hmm. We used to come under Bedminster. But we're no longer Bedminster, we're, we're kind of Southfield. We are not, we are Bedminster. And I say to him, I'm a Bemmy girl born, I'm a Bemmy girl bred, I should die a Bemmy girl, I do not live in Southfield. We were never Southfield. Southfield used to start out round the back. This was always Bemmy, where do you live? Bedminster. And there was never a lower North Street and an upper North Street either. Ashton is upper North Street. This is, once you hit the hen and chicken, you're in lower North Street. Red Trousers decided that. Ferguson. Yeah. At the bottom here, which I, I don't remember, it was a rank of shops. They were bombed during the war. So that was just a tank. We used to call it the tank. It was a bomb building. We used to go down and play in the dirt and build houses out of bricks and <laughs> take leaves off of weed you pull the flowers off and that was your dinner and if it was only two of you playing one was the mother one was the father anybody else join even if they were older than you they became the baby because they were the last to join <laughs> eventually they built a breeze block shop there we used to have a bonfire down there and the boys used to collect all the rubbish and throw bangers at the girls <laughs> over the others it's the art shop across the road it used to be home there used to be a paint wallpaper place and paint shop oh, I know we had a bonfire <laughs> a bonfire one year and Mrs Taylor used to live in number one they had a side entrance because apparently that used to be a lane it had gates which obviously enclosed the back of the shops but then when the war effort came in they took the gates down because they wanted the metal. Of course, it had all been demolished, and she would put her arms on her gate and watch. And I can remember this. <laughs> this bonfire blistered all the paint on her gate. And the next thing we knew was a fire engine because they were worried about the wallpaper shop and paint shop sort of catching fire. <laughs> I've spent all my life playing down the tank. <laughs> Thinking about it, if you... If you were down there playing, and we used to, like I said, we used to get bricks and build a square, because that's your house, but leave an entrance so you could come in. So one would go off to work over the other side of the tank, <laughs> and one would stay home. <laughs> and then one would come back from work, so the one that stayed home give them the dinner, which was the leaves with the flowers on the top. <laughs> but 
we were talking about it the other day, and I said, if you used to get, when it was tea time, you'd just get called in. Like, tea's ready, so you come out. But nobody ever told you to wash your hands. <laughs> it was tea time, so you wash your hands. But no. So we've been down in the tank for hours, <laughs> playing in the gutters out here for hours. <laughs> If you were hungry, you could go in and you'd get bread and sugar. That's all they had. Mm. And if you had that dirty hands, or they come out with your bread and sugar, you went with the dirt on your hands. Do you know about Princess Caribou? Yes, I do. Because I'd never heard of that before. Yeah. And have you, do you know about that? No. Do, do you want to tell the story? I'm she buried up in Ebron Road, yeah, didn't right. she? Yeah, yeah. She buried up in Ebron Road. Hey, you know where oh, that's Mainline that's is? The employment. She, there's a church on that. She's up there. Oh. She made up a language as well. Yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's actually like. They believed her. She said she was Princess Caribou. The shop next to the spotted cow used to be Stadden's. Next door was a butcher shop. Next door to that was a florist. Then there was a barber shop called Stan's Barber Shop. There was a cocoa shop called Warga. There was a shop on the end of the corner, which was a television repair. And there was two shops. It was called Holbert's. One was a fruit and veg shop. You could walk through into the next shop, which was the butcher shop. Fish shop on the corner, fish and chip shop, was called Thompson. The corner where the carpet shop is now used to be Bucks, which was a great next door to that. Used to be a hairdresser. The next one across used to be Ted Cook's, which was a wet fish shop. Next one on the corner used to be a street shop. On the opposite corner of Myrtle Street used to be a baker shop. Along a bit further, where Tesco's is now, used to be Cashman's. It was a hardware shop. Wasn't there, David? What's that? Over the other side of Agat, the hardware shop. No, it was a television shop when I got here. No, the other side. Oh, Sixmas. No. Silversmith. No, the hardware shop. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Caribou Projects podcast. To find out more about us, please go to caribouprojects.com, follow us on the usual social media channels, and pop in to visit us on Stafford Street in Bedminster. If you'd like to hear more of the podcast, subscribe to our feed and you'll receive each episode as and when.